Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Jeannie Buss has commented on the future of Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook has proven himself to be the uh, locker room wingman that every teammate wants. We'll explain more coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, as we post this thing, we try to get it up uh, in the wee hours of the morning. No matter where you are, you can you can engage in the content, Andy. Listen to Locked On Lakers whenever you need to do it. Just make it the first thing you listen to every single day. And then make another Locked On podcast the second thing. And even the third thing. But after you make us the first thing. Uh, but let's start here, Andy. A bit of housekeeping. We have not mentioned this, I don't think, on the podcast. Uh, a lot of people probably know by now, but if you missed it, Kendrick Nunn, Frank Vogel said, will not play in the calendar year of 2021. He's not out for the season. He's not out for the year, but he's not coming back before the calendar flips over into January, uh, which probably means he won't be on the floor for a couple weeks into the new year. Um, so once again, no Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I mean, th this struck me as significant, Brian, just because this was as specific as we've heard Frank Vogel, not just about Kendrick Nunn, but players, period. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the Lakers and, by extension, Vogel are – very cagey in terms of specifics when it comes to guys and, and their health and how long they're expected to be out. Like, but but hearing Frank Vogel talk about it in those terms uh, raised my eyebrows uh, in part because it really made me feel like uh, Kendrick Nunn ain't going to be around anytime soon. Mm -hmm. If anything, it kind of concerned me that he was willing to go out on that type of limb. You ain't going to be seeing him in 2021. And this is especially relevant today, Andy, because um, Mark Medina of USA Today now, Mark's at mm -hmm. USA Today, correct? Um, yeah. Caught up with Jeannie Buss. Or no, no, no. He's with NBA.com. No, thank you. Yeah, NBA.com. Um, he's well-traveled like us. He is. Um, and he caught up with Jeannie Buss at, at halftime of Tuesday's win over Boston, a game that... Uh, every every Lakers fan and certainly everyone inside the Lakers organization hopes can be kind of a jumping off point going forward into this road trip, uh, road heavy schedule, I should say. And asked Jeannie about Frank Vogel's job security. Um, and Jeannie said that until, and it's a quote, until we're 100% healthy, I don't think you can really make any judgment. Uh, I really don't uh, know what you're looking for me to say. I would say that until we're 100% healthy, I won't make any judgments about anything. Are, were you surprised to hear Jeannie kind of look at it that way? Um, I'm sure she was trying to remain as noncommittal as possible. But basically the concept of until we're healthy and get a chance to look at this team intact or more or less intact, nobody around here is making any big choices. Uh, no, in part because I actually think that's the most accurate and, uh, I, I think really smart way to go about doing this. I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot, Brian. I mean, we've obviously had impressions of the team from having watched every single game, mm -hmm. but the truth is it is really difficult to know just how good they can be, just how far behind the eight ball they actually are, other than just 
the time that they've missed being together because we've seen so little of this roster intact. Kendrick Nunn hasn't played. Trevor Reza hasn't played. Right. The big three has had all these games scattered. So in that sense, like it's actually, I think, a pretty logical way of looking at it. Also, it doesn't surprise me because I'm not sure it even matters because, as you will recall, uh, during Luke Walton's final year with the Lakers, Jeannie Buss a few times very outwardly and I would even say emotionally gave Luke Walton her vote of confidence and support, but also made it very clear, these are not my decisions. And we know this because Magic wanted to fire Luke. That was incredibly obvious to anybody paying the slightest bit of attention. And, you know, that became a thing between him and Jeannie. But ultimately, Jeannie was not going to stand in the way of it happening. It just became so complex that ultimately it led Magic to believe, you know, among many reasons that he was not the right guy for this job or this job wasn't right for him. Right. Got in the way of his tweeting. It did. And and that got in the way of all of our enjoyment. So I'm glad he managed to figure out a way to get around that. Did you see, by the way, his advice for the Lakers with uh, their defense, the things that they need to improve? He said three things. They need to improve their individual defense, Mm -hmm. the team defense, and transition defense, mm-hmm. to which I retweeted uh, at Cam Brothers. So basically, all aspects of defense. Right, but and I saw that you were mocking Magic about that, but then they went out Tuesday and played a great defensive game. And so, I mean, it wor- he's right. It well, I didn't say he was wrong. Find the <laughs> lie, Andy. No, it's, it's funny. We got a, a, an interesting comment from uh, a frequent commenter on... Uh, on the YouTube channel, Locked on Lakers YouTube channel, Merlai, and I am going to just slaughter your last name. I'm really sorry about that. Merlai Balasubramian, I believe is how okay. uh, it, it should be pronounced or could be <laughs> at the very least. Don't say should um, be. I'm going to say <laughs> could be. arrogant. Can be, can be pronounced. <laughs> Whatever I just should said be. is one way. Are you offering be. suggestions? I <laughs> am. I'm offering the way that I just said it as the preferred pronunciation of Merlai's last uh, for last name. I'm surprised that there's this fire Vogel movement by the media and fans, um, but nobody seems to talk about who's walking through that magic door to replace him. And I think that's an interesting one. First of all, for two reasons. First, this idea that there's this kind of this movement and where it comes from. I've seen a couple other commenters talking about like this being kind of a media generated thing. And I, and I suppose there is kind of a chicken and egg. The Lakers don't play well. People start asking questions. Then you have to ask the team. The team responds. The players respond. And then that becomes something that drives the cycle. So I get that. But the other part about this is, is I think, really important. And I think the biggest reason the Lakers aren't in any real hurry is that nobody, is the, nobody seems to be talk, uh, talking about who's coming next to replace him. Unless you think David Fisdale is the answer. Unless you think, I guess, dropping Terry Stotts just, you know, brand new into this situation yeah. is the answer. Phil Handy, something that would make an appreciable improvement over what you have. It, it, it's, it doesn't do you any good to fire Vogel. The biggest question that one of the biggest questions you have to ask when you're, when you're replacing coaches, who is going to be next? And if, if the reason that you'd want to let Vogel go is because you think you need a better coach, then you have to have a better coach ready to go and I think that's not something that's really out there. They might have the, we just need to try something, change the culture, whatever thing, 10, 15 games from now. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But I think the other big thing is like there isn't a natural replacement out there where you look at it and you say, well, this would be a better choice than, than Frank Vogel. No, at least to me. Nobody that, 
nobody that really comes to mind. Discussing the reasons that it could end up happening is not the same thing as advocating for it. I think you and right. I have been very clear that even, even if we understood why Frank Vogel eventually got fired, and this was you know more applicable a few weeks ago when they were under 500, stuff like that, that's not the same thing as wanting him fired. Just believe me when I yeah. say, when we want him fired, you will know. Anybody who's followed us for a long time, listened to us for a long time, read us, knows when we believe a coach should be fired, we take no enjoyment in saying so, but we will say so. So yes. until you hear us actually say Frank Vogel should be fired, don't presume that we're talking about this because we're trying to get him fired. No, no, when we thought, I mean, we both of us on a personal level really like Luke Walton, but we both agreed that there was a point at which he, mean, needed to be, he needed to go. We both like Byron Scott a lot. He's been a, to on go. our show. Never should have been hired, but needed right. to go. Um, um, Mike Brown, you can't find a more prince of a person. He was a needed terrible to go. hire. Yeah. Um, all right. So, all right, let's let's talk about Russ because there, there was a moment in the third quarter of uh, Tuesday's win that really went undetected until after the game, at which point it went completely viral on social media and uh, opens up a couple different conversations that we want to have. We'll do it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Subscription-based software that allows anyone to set up an online store and sell products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS or point-of-sale app and accompanying hardware. Shop Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So startups, upstarts, and established businesses alike can synchronize online and in-person sales and stay effortlessly informed. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. So go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial. Get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. Hey, Andy, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's because it's a business scam out to get you. And don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill, Andy, it's the new app that lets you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Get a handle on your subscriptions, people. Because companies make <laughs> subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And Truebill, uh, your Truebill concierge is there when you need, need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to do it. Over 2 million users Truebill has, and it's helped them save over $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. So go right now, Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Um, all right. So by now, most people are familiar with the Ennis Cantor freedom versus LeBron James thing. Uh, and now Jeremy Lin. And now Jeremy Lin. And these are really sort of one sided things where, you know, Ennis Cantor freedom is. Um, kind of bringing these people's names into uh, what he is trying to do, I guess, ostensibly to raise awareness over human rights and in places like China and other things. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, LeBron has sort of steadfastly chosen not to engage. Yeah. And which, this, by the way, 
would be noted just because it, it's going to, I think, inform a lot of the conversation that we have. This is something that has been going on between LeBron and Ennis Cantor Freedom for a long time, like several years. And it has been always quite one-sided. Right. This is it's really been- it's really flared up in a big way over the last like three weeks or so. We, and right. every day, but- like we're like, oh, wait a minute, we're kind of a couple days behind. And every day something you know seems to happen where it becomes relevant again. Um, but anyway, so LeBron has has sort of not has chosen not to engage, even as this has become a uh, a much more prominent part of the news cycle with 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 freedom appearing on TV shows and other things to talk about LeBron and calling him out and all these other things. So in the third quarter of Tuesday's win over Boston with Ennis Cantor Freedom sitting on the bench, I believe after what appears to be some sort of Boston turnover, Russell Westbrook goes up, if you haven't seen the clip, we'll tweet it out at Cam Brothers, you can find it anywhere on the internet, um, goes over to the Boston bench and aggressively just starts applauding and clapping and cheering in the face of of Ennis Cantor Freedom. Very, very deliberate. This is not an accidental, (laughs) just happened to be sitting there. I thought it might be, you know, Peyton Pritchard. (laughs) So I I had no idea. You know what you did, Romeo Langford. Right. He knows who is sitting in front of him. Uh, You know, he's not confusing him for Josh Richardson or anything like that. Um, And he is taking up for LeBron. He is the wingman who is taking offense to the thing that LeBron is like, I'm not going to take it. And like, he's that friend. He is that guy for the, and you know, it struck me even beyond some of the, the conversation about, you know, I guess the politics of all this stuff. This is one of the things that when you talk about what Russ brings to a squad, that teammates love that yeah. organizations love um, about, like they loved him in Oklahoma City for things like this. He is a loyal dude. If you are on his team, he will go to the end of the earth for you. And this was a great example of the teammate that is Westbrook and why that's important for the dynamic the Lakers have. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people point out, and this may actually be true, uh, what went on between uh Russ and and Freedom during last night's game may not have been like a wholly personal feud because they were teammates uh, for a while in OKC. From what I understand, they got along really well. It may not have reached like acrimony between them, but no. at this point, at this stage where we are right now, LeBron is his dude and he's going to be there for his dude. And like you said, it is not accidental. I cannot believe that he, that he chose that moment to go directly at Freedom it also reminded me, Brian, just in terms of like what Russ has been as a teammate and like really being renowned as like a ride or die dude for his teammates. You know, you talked about OKC where, you know, it was not always easy with Russ. He is famously like OCD to the nth degree. You need to arrange the entire franchise's schedule around him. Like everything needs to be at the times that he wants it. Also, I, I, I hadn't thought about this for years, but uh, I did a profile for a long time a long time ago on Nick Collison when he was with the Thunder about just like the rare role player who stays with one franchise his entire career. Mm-hmm. And the Thunder were in town playing the Lakers, so I went into the visitors' locker room and I was trying to get obviously quotes from Durant and Westbrook because they were the guys who'd been there the longest with him. And I think it's been 
uh, pretty firmly established that Russ does not enjoy doing media and uh, will take as few questions as possible. He gave me extra time because he wanted to talk about Collison. Like that was something that he genuinely enjoyed doing. When I mentioned to him after the regular scrum was done, that I was hoping to get time with him separately because I wanted to talk about Collison, his face lit up, like genuinely lit up. For, for that matter, so did Durant. Durant actually gave me time after the Thunder PR person said that he was done. And, Thunder, and uh, Durant was like, no, I'll talk about Nick. But like he is somebody that I think genuinely wants to see uh, Russell Westbrook, his teammates thrive and be a mm-hmm. part of that thriving, even if he's not always the easiest guy to play with. And thrive. Like you got to do a lot of things Russ's way, but I do think he wants he wants to be there for his teammates. Well, I think I think probably this is part of the reason that the whole Paul George thing is a little sensitive, um, and why he doesn't really love talking about it. But you know, beyond that, like when when we were analyzing, you know, we were as skeptical as anybody, or certainly as open as anybody about the potential downsides of acquiring Westbrook. Here are the problems. Here's where it may not work. Here's why it could be problematic. But, you know, at some point you got to start talking about, oh, okay, well, here's what he does bring. I mean, he's not like a garbage player or anything. And one of the things that we talked about, though, was when you get into January, February, you know, you know, you know, after Christmas, that's sort of the dog, whatever really considered sort of the dog days of the NBA season. Russ brings a certain energy. He brings a certain fire to what you're doing that lifts up your teammates. We're not there yet. The Lakers have plenty to be worried about. The, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, they, they may have solved the, that problem on their own by, right. by uh, allowing for no dog days. They're not right. playing they, well The complacency for issue <laughs> really shouldn't be a thing yet. Like no. they, they haven't earned that yet. But Well, the no, same they, time, they already used it up. Right. <laughs> well, maybe I hope they don't use any more on, uh, on Friday against the Thunder. But like you can see that kind of thing. Teammates notice that. Teammates see this clip. They might have missed it in real time, but they've seen the clip. I didn't notice it in real time. No, I mean, it, it, was, it was three seconds of time at the top of the screen after a turnover where everybody's not looking. Um, and, and this was an example of the other stuff, I think, that, that Westbrook brings. Um, that's, that's important to point out. Um, let's, let's take a minute here, though, to talk about the actual – Kind of the controversy that is now, if you want to call it that, surrounded uh, Cantor Freedom with LeBron and the way LeBron is is sort of handling it, and what we think it means in the way that 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 Freedom is is handling it, and we'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Stance. I've been hearing a lot about Stance Apparel lately because they just launched launched a new line of active apparel. It's perfect timing for the holidays. It's the coolest gift you can give. Not the boring old socks, underwear, and apparel you had to pretend to like just to be polite. Like You're going to be stoked to find Stance Apparel under the tree. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. Sharp focus on comfort, quality and creativity stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are some of my favorite collaborations include wu-tang clan batman star wars the office bob marley and obviously the nba that is pretty incredible variety stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in those who feel good, do good. See for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com. Get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code locked on at the checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. 
So, I mean, as we mentioned, LeBron has chosen sort of not to engage in, in, in what's going on here. And I think that is smart. Um, it, it is almost inevitably going to be seen as LeBron punching down uh, to some degree, to me at least, you know, in, in engaging in, in a back and forth with Ennis Cantor. Uh, and his Cantor Freedom is his name. I mean, I some people are cynical about that. It's guy's name. We're going to you know, call him by his name. Um, what is happening with him, though, is, you know, it, it it's it's disappointing to me because it it, 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 to me, this is one of these situations where multiple things are true at once. I believe he is genuine about his, um, his, his interest and devotion and, uh, to human rights. Uh, he comes from, if you don't know Ennis Cantor's story, Ennis Cantor, uh, Freedom's story, go read it. Like the guy, if he goes back to Turkey, they're going to kill him. Um, like he, he, he comes by these things. Well, he's honestly, an exile. He's a legitimate and, exile. And he knows of what he speaks in, in this regard, particularly as it, as it regards to Turkey. Um, he is not wrong about the human rights abuses of the Uyghurs, which is his main topic of conversation in China. He's not wrong at all. Um, he is not wrong about Venezuela, which is another topic that he's talked about. Um, where he has, to me, be, be the disappointment of it is both in the dragging of people who aren't necessarily related. Jeremy Lin most recently telling him to, you know, how he turned his back on his homeland, by the way, Jeremy Lin is from Torrance. Um, yes. yeah, specifically by playing uh, basketball in China. Right. He, he is, you know, he's, he's, you know, turning his back on Taiwan. Um, and by dragging LeBron in, essentially for attention, um, talking about the hypocrisies is a way to try to amplify his own cause. Um, and because of that, he has been co-opted by by people who have zero interest in anything that he's talking about and are only there to for the shut up and dribble part of his of his sort of speech, which is completely egged on by the Tucker Carlson's of the world. If you missed that interview and the other people in, in generally right wing media who are encouraging it. Tucker Carlson essentially got freedom to say shut up and dribble to his NBA teammates, the ones that would ever criticize anything about America and its government, which I think goes against any type of you know freedom message that I can think of. Um, well, the whole point and, of having freedom of speech right. is the ability to and criticize he, one's government. Right. He, of all people, should know this because he is an actual exile over a situation like this. Like He cannot go back to Turkey because of the issues that he has with Erdogan, their, their leader. And, you know, it's interesting in Brink, you had mentioned like Jeremy Lin, he's from Torrance, like his heritage may be Taiwanese, but the people, you know, his country and his people in the most, I think, literal sense are actually Americans. And, yes. you know, obviously an American, right. His, his Taiwanese heritage, I think is very personal to Jeremy Lin for that matter. I believe he, he has some heritage that's Chinese as well. I've never gotten any impression that he's nothing but quite proud of it. And, you know, he's been through a lot as one of the very few Asian Americans with his type of profile in sports, much less the NBA. But the very broad brush, haphazard way that freedom threw Jeremy Lin into this, I think is very indicative of how he goes about 
approaching this stuff, you know, not just for the attention that he very clearly is not just seeking now, but has sought his entire career. He is somebody that has loved to be a flamethrower, has loved to be talked about, has loved to be feuding like WWE style with people around the league. Um, but I think in doing that, you dilute whatever message you're trying to put out there. And also, too, you put yourself in a position where you are being incredibly holier than thou mm-hmm. without noting your own place in this machine and you know your own place in the larger problem that we're dealing with in terms of you know disentangling chinese money from nike for example which is what he's taking shots at lebron over and nike in general or the nba where's the shoes right well this is something we look all of us are hypocrites with this stuff to some degree we all are it mm-hmm. it is impossible it, it is impossible to take up for a cause and not find some way where your lifestyle could be seen as going against that type of cause. Well, like and life, particularly when it comes to you know global engaging economics. in the world <laughs> yes. and 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 trying to avoid engaging or doing things that benefit China. So right, it's, I mean, it's very right. difficult to do. This stuff is incredibly complicated to try to disentangle. And I want to make it clear, like that sort of that degree of hypocrisy that all of us has, all of us have. That's it's okay. On some level, like putting people to purity mm-hmm. tests with this sort of thing is a performative waste of time. Like nobody would pass. But there's also baselines to any type of hypocrisy before it starts becoming too much. And for example, like freedom is part of a league and it's freedom and it's kind of freedom. It's part of a league, the NBA, that has gone out of its way to create as much of an economic imprint as possible in China. Like this is a fact. He has also made over a hundred million dollars in his career. Like he should have the financial wherewithal and resources to leave the NBA if he doesn't believe in taking money generated by China or that caters to China. And I want to make it clear: I'm not saying he's obligated not saying he should, but I'm saying no, he could. Right, he could do this. So you can still take the stances that you want that these human rights violations are worth us paying more attention to as Americans. They are worth us trying to see what more we can do about trying to alleviate them. But you have to at least acknowledge your part in all of this. Mm -hmm. Because if he thinks he's above it all, man, he is sadly mistaken. And then the part, Brian, that you bring up about how he is just allowing himself to be co-opted. And this is, I think, also gets back to the haphazard way that he's going about doing this. Like He was interviewed, uh, I think, at a scrum after the Tucker Carlson uh, appearance. And he said that he doesn't do politics. This is a quote from him. I don't do politics. I do human rights. There's a thin but huge line between human rights and politics. If he actually thinks that he can appear on what is arguably the most hyper-partisan, high-profile show in America and not, quote, do politics, I'm sorry. He's too naive to serve as a spokesperson, well, I, like a I will positive, say this. productive. Even one. if his, even if you accept him at his word that his his motivation isn't politics, he's not going on Tucker Carlson because he's a Republican. I mean, look, he's very supportive of the uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, sure. his team, you know, his teammates who who in support of Black Lives. Matter. The point isn't is he a hypocrite here, there, or whatever. It's like that naivete. Even if he, if you take him at his word that he's not going on Tucker Carlson because he appreciates Tucker's 
you know, re Republican politics. I mean, I, I don't even think you can call his politics classically Republican anymore either, but that's a whole other conversation. Even if he's not doing politics, Tucker Carlson is. Yes. And so yeah, I would say the same thing if he appeared on, say, Joy Reid's show. Correct. Which is they, going to be hyperpartisan in the opposite direction. When they ask the question, you know, what do your teammates think about you and your, you know, stance that you should, you know, embrace freedom and, and talk about and not criticize America and all these other things? That is politics. That's him yes. playing to his Tucker Carlson doesn't give a rat's bleep about the Uyghurs. He doesn't. Um, and what he does care about is making LeBron James look stupid. Yeah. And LeBron James looked like a hypocrite. And the black league of the NBA looked like a bunch of hypocrites because, you know, they make white people feel bad. And that that's the disappointing part. And then I'll, I'll, I'll finish my end of it with this. The point he is, again, multiple things can be correct at one time. He is correct. Everyone in this country has it better than we do in other countries around the world, in Turkey. More freedoms than you have in Turkey. More freedoms than you have in oppressive regimes around the world. There's no question. We're also not supposed to be judging ourselves and comparing ourselves to Iran or Saudi Arabia or Turkey or whatever. We are judging ourselves and our progress and our society based on the expectations and the standard that we set here. And when people criticize this country, and they should be, I think, you know, most people who criticize, criticize because they want the country to uphold its ideals. And that isn't the same as not appreciating your freedom. That's holding your country to a certain standard. Right. I'm not saying everybody, but most people who do these things are doing it because they want to participate equally in what the promise of America is supposed to be. And so shut up and dribble in that way because, hey, you have it way worse in Iran or Turkey or North Korea or many other countries around the world is not an adequate response to that, to, to, to the questioning. And it is a shame that Cantor Freedom, who comes by this position very honestly based on where he comes from, allowed himself to be suckered into that such an obvious yeah, you know, political I mean, place. Partic particularly, you know, while talking with a host who who had spent like a week exalting Viktor Orban, Hungary's prime minister, who on his best day would be considered an authoritarian. You mm. know, this is a show that is One propped up. Right. Yeah, this is a show that's propped up the Trump administration that was chummy with Erdogan, who he had called the Hitler of Turkey, and put him in the position of having to be in exile in the first place. Like these are all things that. Freedom either seems unaware of through not having done enough vetting or doesn't care Just, because he it, wants the attention. It's, he likes the attention. Go read, then, uh, we'll Go read Candace Buckner's column she wrote about uh, yes. Cantor Freedom in, Washington for the Washington Post. It, it is, it's, I don't want to summarize it because I won't do it. Right, but go, go read it. It's very the, good and, and, and gets to some of what you're talking about. The last thing I want to say on this, just so it doesn't appear like this has just been a PSA on behalf of LeBron. Like when this stuff specifically with China came up initially a few years ago, forget uh, Freedom's most recent tweet calling out LeBron and, you know, so-called King and all that stuff. A couple of years ago with uh, um, Daryl Morey's tweet, um, you know, standing with Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And this is happening while the, the Lakers and I believe the Nets 
or right. in and China. LeBron, LeBron's confronted with that and basically right. punts. I don't know yes. enough. And yes, he did punt. And I remember I I actually directly asked LeBron because this was happening at a scrum um, after they had gotten back, and LeBron had you know said the line about you know not really knowing much about the issue, which is a cop out. And I directly asked LeBron, "Do you plan on learning more about this issue?" And he his answer was a non-answer, which again is a punt. And it was surprising to see somebody as planned out and intelligent as LeBron have seemingly no answer for this, even if I think he was correct that Daryl Morey's tweet was incredibly poorly timed with those teams in China. Mm -hmm. LeBron, I, I don't disagree with the idea that LeBron plays a role in this or could play a role in this. I don't think he can directly stop these things from happening if he if he threatens to leave Nike the way you know, freedom and I think, frankly, other people who are just bad actors present this. But, you know, there there is there is a responsibility that LeBron has, however large you want to make it. And his answers there were clumsy and unsatisfactory. But the one thing, though, that I've never heard anybody articulate is what end game they have in mind for LeBron if, say, he takes this strong stance against human rights violations in China. And, you know, what is happening over there? Where do you want him to go from there? Because if he takes this type of stance vocally, you know, forget whatever economic jeopardy he creates for Nike, for the NBA, for his peers in the league, forget all of that. What is he supposed to do from there? Is he supposed to continue playing in the NBA and wearing these shoes that are apparently blood money? Because at that point, you're asking him to just pronounce all of this as bad and evil. And then what? Quit? Like, what's he supposed to do? Like, I, I don't understand what the actual end game for a lot of people in this yeah. criticism of LeBron is supposed to be. Even if you would like to see him uh, do more, yeah, it's incredibly it's complicated. Of, for a lot of people, it's it's not really even about the end game. It's right. just about disliking LeBron. I mean, we could do it. We could do two hours on 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 stuff around this, and we don't have time to to do it today. But I have a feeling Ennis Kanter Freedom is going to give us another opportunity to, to discuss these issues at some point. Um, and uh, anyway, so the Lakers have a couple big uh, road games to finish off the week. Uh, a lot to come, a lot to talk about through the weekend and into next week as the uh, mostly road trip. Uh, road stretch continues. Want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of every day. Remind you to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Locked on Lakers on YouTube. We'll see everybody Friday.